0: Up next, the Cannabis Reporter Radio Show with Snowden Bishop after this message. Are you getting enough CBD each day? Hemp Meds carries the most trusted CBD oil brands like Real Scientific Hemp Oil and Dixie Botanicals to make it easy to add cannabinoids like CBD to your diet. We hold all our hemp oil products to our rigorous triple lab tested standard to ensure that you and your family receive only the highest quality and most reliable CBD products. Hemp Meds is your trusted source for CBD. Visit hempmeds.com to get our premium CBD oil today. Use discount code CBD20 to get 20% off your first order. Snowden Bishop
1: Hi, and welcome back to the Cannabis Reporter Radio Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Snowden Bishop, and happy to be here today. We're continuing our series of episodes on one of my all-time favorite topics, hemp. What I love about it is that I could never run out of story angles to talk about. In fact, hemp is what initially inspired me to immerse myself in the Cannabis Reporter in the first place. If you were listening to my show last year, you likely heard me talk about the first time I learned about hemp. I'd been window shopping on Madison Avenue in New York when I stumbled upon a sale on hemp sheets. Because that caught me by surprise, because like so many people back then, I seriously thought hemp was a drug. My curiosity peaked. I began researching it and was astonished to learn that there are more than 20,000 uses for hemp and that it had been a staple commodity used for medicine, commerce, food, and and industry ever since as early as 4000 BC. I also learned that it's a carbon negative natural resource, which could drastically reduce our dependence on fossil fuels. For every acre of hemp, we could save thousands of trees and eliminate thousands of pounds of carbon emissions caused by petrochemicals. Since it thrives in adverse conditions with far less water than corn or cotton, it's a cost-efficient cash crop that could provide windfall profits for domestic farmers. With so many medical, remedial, and industrial uses, it has potential to boost the U.S. economy and solve some of our most perplexing environmental problems. With all we know about it now, it never ceases to amaze me that hemp was ever considered a Schedule I-controlled substance. At risk of sounding repetitive, it's important to remind those among us who aren't aware that hemp is not psychoactive, contrary to what the DEA would have you believe. But there it is, right alongside LSD and heroin, with a handful of well-endowed elected officials working tirelessly to keep it that way. Another bone of contention that would make for some very compelling debate. By the time we wrap this series on hemp, we will have explored all of the ridiculous reasons why it's still illegal, and next week we'll be talking to a member of Congress who introduced legislation to make hemp legal. Today, I would really like to focus on the legacy, advocacy, and future of hemp, and there's no one better than today's guest to delve into that topic with me. I'm really excited to introduce him to you, but first, Dr. Brian Donner has our Medical Marijuana Minute. What do you have for us today, Dr. Donner?
2: Thank you, Snowden. Hempin is an amazing substance for all of its multiple uses, but its medicinal value is often underestimated. Hemp is oftentimes widely misunderstood, even by medical professionals, who in general haven't had the time or opportunity to become educated themselves. I often forget that the difference between hemp and marijuana is not common knowledge. That's not surprising, considering the fact that federal law essentially makes no distinction between them both. While both hemp and marijuana have the iconic shape of the leaf in common, they differ in physical appearance. The marijuana variety is known for its delicate stem and soft green leaves. It produces complex flowering tops containing resins that are moist or sticky to the touch. By contrast, hemp has longer, thinner leaves that are coarser to the touch and sturdy, fibrous stalks that can grow up to 8 feet tall. It also produces flowering tops, but they are proportionally smaller in size. The biggest distinction between hemp and marijuana has to do with their chemical and molecular composition. Both varieties of cannabis contain hundreds of cannabinoids, which as we are learning can be very important for human health. The primary difference has to do with the presence of THC, the cannabinoid molecule that produces the psychoactive effect that marijuana is famous for. Hemp contains only traces of THC, so it has no psychoactive effect at all. Both hemp and marijuana varieties have high concentrations of CBD, or cannabidiol, which is commonly used to help with a variety of disease processes. Additionally, a combination of cannabinoids and terpenes, including THC and CBD, can work together in harmony, sometimes referred to as the entourage effect. Since hemp has only trace levels of THC, it won't produce any euphoria and is non-psychoactive in nature. For patients who are new to medical cannabis, especially those who are afraid of the euphoric effect or simply don't want to have the high feeling, a hemp-derived CBD product may be an appropriate starting point. For patients living in states that have yet to pass medical marijuana laws or for those that are not eligible for THC products, there are companies that offer 100% THC-free CBD oils extracted from hemp stock. Those can be legally purchased online from anywhere in the U.S. and delivered to your home. I'm Dr. Brian Donner for The Cannabis Reporter. I'll be back again next week with another Medical Marijuana Minute. Back to you, Snowden.
1: Thank you for that, Dr. Donner. I'm excited to introduce our guest. Micah Nelson comes from a lineage of musical and cultural pioneers. Growing up and touring with his father, Willie, and brother, Lucas, he's always been surrounded with vibrant and authentic creative spirits. As a visionary artist and talented musician, he has showcased his artwork and performed in countless venues spanning the creative spectrum. From his involvement in the psych punk orchestra Insects vs. Robots, his ongoing musical collaborations and extensive touring with Neil Young, and performance art contributions with his brother Lucas, he has performed with various iconoclastic acts at events and festivals like Neil Young's Bridge School Benefit, Farm Aid, Desert Trip Festival, Lightning in a Bottle, Coachella, and Bonnaroo. He's also appeared on Conan O'Brien, Jimmy Fallon, and Jimmy Kimmel Live, just to name a few. While he's constantly exploring the symbiosis of light-sounded vibration, striving to discover various forms of expression as a creative artist, he also devotes measurable energy advocating for hemp, a passion inspired by his father's support of environmental causes and his involvement in the Farm Aid Benefit Concerts, which have helped countless American farmers and agricultural communities. Today, he sits on the board of the National Hemp Association and is lobbying for Congress to pass the Industrial Hemp Farming Act. Oh, that's a lot to go over, Micah. Thank you so much for being here.
3: Thanks for having me.
1: You know, I'm really interested to learn how is it that you really became so interested in hemp as to join the board of the National Hemp Association?
3: Well, uh, like all the great facts about hemp and the history of hemp and the the truth about it that you stated earlier, um, I I grew up knowing that stuff. My father's work with Farm Aid and my mother's work with the Sustainable Biodiesel Alliance and and just their general um, outspoken actions towards creating a more sustainable world um, and fighting for the family farmer and hemp being... Uh, this amazing asset to the American family farmer um, when it comes to agriculture and industry and creating jobs um, and, and keeping the family farmer alive. So it's always kind of just been something that is important to me. And uh, I've, I've always just naturally been outspoken about it, uh, whether it's in conversation or in writing or songs or pieces of art or whatever I'm doing, It's always been a topic that seems like wasn't getting enough attention. And I'm thrilled that recently there's been uh, a lot of momentum with hemp uh, being reintegrated into the American psyche and and people realizing how interwoven it is with our our own history, our country's history, and how important it is to, uh, if we do want to divest from fossil fuels and create a sustainable future, or any future at all, how how important hemp, the, the the role that hemp will play and must play in that that mission. Um, so there's a lot of great things happening, and uh, yeah, very exciting. Yeah, um, it, is,
1: it is very exciting, and so many people when they talk about hemp, um, people who really aren't fully aware of just so many aspects of the plant itself really may not know a lot about the environmental benefits. And that is initially what sparked my interest in it because um, I've always been an advocate for environmental issues. And I I think that that really is an important thing to highlight. And when you're working on lobbying for the, the upcoming legislation too. I mean, is that one of the things that you talk about?
3: Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, uh, the new bill, the industrial hemp farming act of 2017, uh, which is HR 3530. Um, it is, is the, is this, it's, we've been trying for years to, uh, to get this passed. Um, the original co-sponsors are Representative Comer from Kentucky, uh, Representative Polis from Colorado, and most importantly, Representative Bob Goodlatte, uh, who's a Virginian. And his co-sponsorship is especially noteworthy because he's the chair of the House Judiciary Committee. Um, and he's promised us a hearing on the bill, which is huge. Um, and that at that hearing, we'll be able to get a lot of testimony, fact, and science-based information into the record. Um, and, obvi- of course, there are already noises from the purists who don't like the bill, uh, and we've pushed back saying that we can't and we won't get a perfect bill, and if they want a perfect bill, it'll never happen, much like the the marijuana bill in California. right? Um, so there'll be a coalition of groups working on the bill after its introduction. Um, And so I actually have to update my change.org petition. Um, But our Michael Bowman, uh, who is the former chair of of the board of the National Hemp Association, uh, he is going to be very engaged in the committee process via Congressman Polis uh, with the August 2nd, 80th anniversary hemp plot in his name. And, And I have a plot in my name in Colorado and the 102 acres of traditional hemp that he has growing for seed and fiber. Um, There's really not anyone else in the country better suited to talk about the industry than Michael Bowman. And uh, I suggest getting him on this show too at some point, but uh, this will be the third time that this bill has been introduced. So we're, we're, we're hoping that the third time's a charm. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting because this particular bill is coinciding with the the Carers Act. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with that. Uh, something that I think was originally sponsored by Representative Cohen. And it's actually sitting in, in the Senate right now after being in committee for more than a year. But mm-hmm. that, that's actually a medical marijuana bill, which should be... You know hopefully it 'll pass i, I don 't know there There are just so many opponents who have political reasons for opposing it but yeah there 's always someone with some a political agenda behind trying to stop it that
3: that 's the only reason it was prohibited in the first place that it became illegal when it was not only legal but government subsidized every Uh, 4-H club in Kentucky in 1942 to grow industrial hemp for the war effort World War II Um, so it it not only is is ridiculous that it's illegal it it used to be a requirement for American farmers to grow it, it was a cash crop, it was an amazing turnaround crop speaking of the environmental benefits of it 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 naturally phytoremediates. Which means it can pull out toxic chemicals and metals and toxic radiation from the soil naturally, just by growing it. Um, The the benefits are are endless, and you know I think once people with their political agendas start to recognize that there is a multi-billion-dollar industry, you know a lot of them are just thinking about the bottom line. This is a, a huge opportunity to revolutionize industry, but. It's the the, the dangerous thing for them is that it threatens these massive monopolies that have been in power for decades that have thrived off of hemp being illegal. Yeah. So you get this conflict of interest and there's naturally going to be a lot of pushback because it's not that they're dumb and they just don't get it. It's like once they do get it, that's terrifying to these big monolithic corporations because You know, big oil, big cotton, big chemical, uh, big pharma, because hemp just makes them all obsolete at the end of the day. And that scares the crap out of them. So, you know, I think it's an uphill battle, but the more people like you and me demanding it in the market, you know, we're the market, we are the government, the more the government, the people are demanding that this, be reestablished as an American industry, which it, you know, it's our roots. Hemp is yeah. American roots. It's very conservative values. It's not just a kind of hippie countercultural thing anymore. Um, it never really was, but it, it got lumped into that category. So one of the things that the NHA is also trying to do is is help in, in the American psyche uh, distinguish. difference between marijuana the psychoactive drug well not not drug the plant you know the medicine marijuana and its male counterpart hemp which is an industrial crop and you can make medicine out of it which is you know treating epilepsy and cancer miraculously but it's not a psychoactive uh, drug you know the way it's been demonized yeah exactly. um, so that's part of the goal is educating the, the mainstream culture on that and because of the infinite ways of communicating these days it's the words getting out pretty quick and on a massive level and uh, it's it's been great to watch it unravel this way and, and people really jumping on board with hemp and hopefully this bill will continue on its on its path and we can ultimately end the federal prohibition and declassify it from a schedule 1 narcotic this erroneous classification so that you know fortune 500 companies and and these other corporations that really want to capitalize on it and and make it an american industry again they're not they're not any longer scared to do that you know a lot of these companies won't touch it because they're scared that they're gonna get raided by the feds or something.
1: Yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. Well, and and I mean, it, <laughs> for reasons not the least of which are the fact that it is illegal for them to even touch it, you know, without some kind of uh, permit or state regulation. How much do you think that campaign finance reform would help pass some of these regulations regarding marijuana and hemp?
3: Tremendously. I mean, ever since citizen united was passed that was the the nail in the coffin of democracy as we know it in america uh it's an oligarchy at that point point. and when corporations are allowed to you know uh there's no limit on how much money they can get to they can finance campaigns then then the, the that basically means american u.s government sold out mm-hmm. and it's no longer the government of the people by the people. It's, it's America, the corporation owned by these, these big corporations and they get to call the shots, you know, because America is in their pocket now. So, and, and for a lot of my generation that feels like, well, it's, it's done. We're screwed and voting doesn't matter because it's too powerful. And what's the point, you know, but, but that's, that's kind of what got us to this point in the first place. Yeah. Overwhelming apathy. And I'd like to think that, you know, uh, Citizens United getting passed and Bush getting reelected and Trump getting elected and all these things happening would galvanize the youth to recognize like, Oh wait, you know, while we're philosophizing and, critiquing the government all day and sitting at home, getting stoned and like yelling at the TV screen and stuff and not going out to vote. Meanwhile, all of the, the others that are, are, are kind of putting this legislation through getting these people in power that are making these things happen that are pissing uh, my generation off so much those people are are going out in droves voting militantly, you know, they, they set their alarm to (laughs) go out and vote. and, And so they become what is influencing the government. And I think it's, it's a waste of an intellectual mind to just have all these great ideas and, you know, be so aware of how screwed everything is. But then if you don't go and vote and speak out and show up, to do the one thing that you can do, which is just cast a vote, regardless of whether you think it counts or not, it's the least you can do. And meanwhile, the opposition is going out to to vote, you know, before you even wake up. And so, that's part of, I think, what's gotten us to this point, um, yeah. where there's so many brilliant young people out there who who can't. Can't you know uh who who don't seem to get that concept of of that they can they can scream and throw rocks at the wall all day, but it's', it's no one's gonna nothing's gonna change unless you make a change, and that's one tool you have you know posting things on Facebook all day it doesn't that, that's not real influence that's an echo chamber you know going out and casting a vote for your local congressmen are showing up to your congressional hearings and then being really loud and annoying and screaming your opinions and, you know, just voting for, for even local levels. That's probably more important than voting for the president or whatever. But I think it's like, you can't really complain about the situation at the end of the day. If you, if you aren't using your voice uh, in a dramatic way, in the way that you, you can, you can be heard.
1: You raise, an, it really, you raise a really interesting point there. Um, and I, I think that one of the really interesting aspects of the cannabis advocacy movement is that it, people who are feeling very passionate about this and learning all they, all they can about cannabis um, as a medicine, cannabis as uh, cannabis for social use, um, hemp for industrial use. I think that it's, it's really driving, um, really inspiring people to kind of get involved in a way that I haven't seen for a while. But as people wake up to the absurdity of the cannabis law in this country, I, I think it also could help to um, inspire people to look into the absurdity of so many laws um, and right. es- especially with what's going on right now, I mean, you know, the, people are, are up in arms about, you know, what's happening in our government right now. And I think that I'm hoping that uh, all of this awareness um, that we're trying to bring to the table here uh, regarding cannabis, but also all of the, um, the, mo- the different uh, political problems that are getting people angry, I hope that that anger can be really channeled into, into something that'll make for a more sustainable future. I mean... Yeah, it, Well, you, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and, and how much do you think that, that this hemp bill could really help to change that, that mindset in general? I'm so glad
3: that you brought that up because to me in such a divided time, uh, hemp, once people are educated about it, and I mean the people, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or a liberal or an independent or a libertarian or whatever, black, white, red, blue, whatever you want to call (laughs) yourself, like all of these ways that we've been divided. Hemp is something that has the power to unite people. Uh, regardless of their their political differences, because it's like it's like it's 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 a symbol of of America in the truest sense of patriotism. Uh, it it holds within it both these very liberal, um, progressive, countercultural ideals, but at the same time, it strengthens the the values of deeply conservative Americans, the rural states, the places where, you know, taking the power away from big government and, and strengthening the, the farmlands and, and you know, uh, honoring the founding fathers and, and the history of America and, and, like, all those things are embedded within this, this plant.
1: Yeah. Well, it's and the power also.
3: Of the unifying symbol. Yeah, me.
1: absolutely, and and the other thing too. I mean, this is uh, all of those things are right, but the other thing on top of that is the economic uh, opportunity that it provides, and and the ability to produce something domestically that's imported by the billions of dollars into our country from yeah. foreign foreign places every single year.
3: Yeah, like if 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 there was one thing that Donald Trump could do, that that you know. I don't think there's any hope for him to, to save his legacy as the president at this point, but if there was anything he could do that would unify people, he would be really smart to end prohibition on industrial hemp. If he really wants to make America great again, like that is the thing that will bring back jobs, can save the economy, it would bring, I mean... If you if you legalized hemp and you taxed and regulated it that would bring billions of dollars back into America. I mean, we're the only G7 nation that that uh prohibits cultivation at, uh that that consumes the amount that we do of hemp products. Mm-hmm. We consume like 90%, 97% of the hemp products that are made in in China and Canada and we could be bringing these jobs to America and to American farmers uh to American doctors, uh, to anybody in the, the, uh, in the the textile industry, whether you're a cotton farmer or, you know, whatever, like you don't have to call yourself a cotton farmer. If you call yourself a textile farmer, then growing hemp will save you a fortune on chemicals and water. And, and like you said, uh, you know, one crop of hemp can save thousands of trees, uh, it requires half the water that cotton does and
1: zero of the chemicals. Exactly. So, and like, it grows in it, adverse climates, so anybody can grow it.
3: Yeah, it's a very resilient plant. Um, it's amazing how fast it grows. You can have up to three yields per year. And you can use the entire plant. There's no waste from it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's really kind of a no-brainer once once people are aware, Like like kind of how you, you know, you were telling that story about how you saw that thing that was made, of hemp cheese or whatever, and it piqued your interest, and up until then you thought it was a drug. Right. Um, there's still a lot of people who are oblivious to the truth about it and the, the true history of the plant in our country. And But it's like more and more I'm seeing this conversation happening and the stigma of, of it being lifted and people starting to, you know, regardless of their... Their cultural or political leanings, uh, really wanting to get behind it and and seeing the benefits for the country, which is which is kind of that's the ultimate goal, uh, really. I mean, behind all this crazy political division and crap, it's like we all really just want to be able to survive and 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 be independent. And I don't think isolating ourselves from the rest of the world is the way to do it, but this is something that can, without isolating ourselves, strengthen our economy and our, our environment and, and make us look a lot better on the world uh, <laughs> theater. You know, um, It would definitely save, save us um, from being such a humiliating, terrifying, depressing embarrassment on the world stage. We could actually earn some brownie points uh as As far as being a like a resilient nation again yeah and uh I was, so i I really hope that go ahead this bill gets passed that that's really the the end all be all for a while at least um until that bill gets passed there's there's a big obstacle in the way of things really being able to move you know certain states they can get d d a permits from the from the federal government, like you said to to grow it, and that's a huge, huge accomplishment. Um, A lot of states are starting pilot programs and getting back into it. uh, The NHA is actually, we're bringing back the Hemp for Victory campaign from World War II. I love it,
1: that's great.
3: We're getting as as many California uh, citizens to grow uh, up to six hemp plants. You can legally grow up to six hemp plants um, we've got Colorado seeds, but the, the idea is we harvest the seeds that we grow in California so that those seeds are now climatized to California soil, and we get enough seed to start the industrial crop and kickstart the, the, the hemp industry again, revolutionize industry in California, and uh, be a model for the rest of the country and and it's also a nice little nod to the U.S. government in 1942.
1: <laughs> a little reminder. Well, it was a patriotic duty. It was a patriotic duty to grow hemp. Yeah, and illegal but, during World War II if you were a farmer and didn't grow it.
3: Right. It's funny how the pages turn.
1: Yeah. it It is interesting. And you know something else, too? I think there's a little bit of redemption on a global scale um, for for. Uh, growing hemp for environmental reasons. Um, Last week, I had the pleasure of interviewing Diana Oliver and Bruce Dietzen. Um, Diana produced a film about Bruce Dietzen's car called The Renew. All of the composites were made from hemp. And in, in light of the fact that, you know, we pulled out of the Paris Agreement, which was just such a shame, I felt very heartened by the fact that a lot of the cities are adhering to the principles that were developed in the climate agreement and yeah. one of the ways that they can do that is to begin to get away from fossil fuels and gmo corn for running automobiles mm-hmm. using those raw materials for for fuel and use right. instead of plastics using hemp yeah cellulose and I mean, there are just yeah. so many uses that could get us away from oil, get us away from cutting down trees for, for paper.
3: It's yeah, just, that, that's an interesting point Yeah, uh, about maybe that was uh, a catalyst The pulling out of the Paris agreement could it could have been a, a catalyst uh, for galvanizing on the state level, real, real political action and, and progress, you know, uh, in the face of that, like I don't know if I can say this on your show, but uh, my sister Amy has a song called "Shit Makes the Flowers Grow," <laughs> and <laughs> I'll bleep uh, it out. <laughs> yeah, just bleep it out. And uh, sometimes I I I see it as, you know, it's it's always darkest before the dawn. You know, the, Trump is just this fertilizer, on on the garden of of America, kind of waking up, going well if if our federal government isn't going to act on this then it's up to us and you know that could ultimately if we if we survive the next four years and don't annihilate ourselves it could be the spark that ignited the the real movement and the change to to move towards a more more sustainable economy I like to think that it's kind of a fantasy but um, you know when I look around i, I like you said it's like a lot of these states are rebelling and saying no we're going to uphold our our stance on this and and invest in renewable energies and research and uh it's really kind of what what we needed it's like the push that we all needed because as long as we're doing it on a state level and a lot of states are 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 acting now um like they hadn't before uh you know the, the country is is made up of a bunch of states so it it's it's kind of a snowball effect at a certain point where one state sees oh man Colorado's making bank on legalizing mm-hmm. marijuana and oh what's this other thing uh, hemp i thought that was a a nasty drug it was addictive and oh wait i'm going i'm going to read this book now about it and and holy crap why aren't we investing in this? And, you know, then it just starts to kind of domino effect and and everyone starts uh, realizing what's been going on for the past 60,
1: 70 years. Yeah. And how much we've missed out. Right. (laughs) How behind we are. Exactly. Well, you know, that's one of the reasons that we are here right now. Um, We're we're actually um, airing in states that haven't embraced any regulation quite yet. And mm-hmm. no. I, I tell you what, I get, I get calls from program directors who get calls at their stations, from people who are listening, from lawmakers, people in the, in the community who have influence, from, from farmers, from, you know, all kinds of people saying, you know, that they never had any idea... It, well we're bringing things that are actually making an impact and changing the hearts and minds of these people and it it's so gratifying to know that it makes a difference to talk about it and i think that the more people that we can get to talk about it especially people who have any kind of notoriety whatsoever and are, and are familiar to some of these audiences names that they respect it mm-hmm. really makes a difference i think to just get yeah, out there I and and, and so that's why, I mean, I was really, really happy to hear that, that you were serving on the board and, and advocating on, on such a big level that way because I think it does help to draw some attention and for your own uh, artistic history as well as the legacy that you have from being from a family of, of music makers who have made a name for themselves advocating for the farmers and for the environment. So, I mean, kudos to you for doing it. It's it's Well, I've always thought that
3: having the opportunity to be an artist uh, as a living, like that's that's a total blessing that should not be taken for granted. And I feel like with that, I mean, with with, with power comes responsibility. You know, having a Absolutely. voice Absolutely, me uh I'm almost I feel responsible to use it in a way that that is positive and doing doing something to contribute to the, the betterment of people's lives uh if I can, you know, beyond the abstract way that music helps. Um I think music is invaluable and, and art is invaluable and we need way more funding for that um because when you have more funding for the arts and creativity in general, when you're, when you're teaching kids how to be creative, that, that skill that's developed can be applied to anything they do in life, whether they're, you know, business owners or, or or whatever. Uh, it's, it's not just about painting or singing or playing an instrument. Those activities, especially at an early age, develop, uh, the the ability to think for yourself, to come up with ideas, to be creative, to not just go with the program and be a drone. And the last thing we need right now is more drones. Mm. We need people coming up with creative ideas and thinking outside of the box and thinking critically about what they're seeing, too, and not just taking everything at face value and taking everything they see as, as truth and and Doing their own research and taking the initiative, and you know, d- discovering who they are as an in- individual. And the arts is something that is, is that's what that's what it is, really. Like, you know, doing those activities, whatever it is that that you get off on, creativ- creatively. Creatively, it, it it's like you're developing uh, this way to to know yourself deeper, deeper and 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 therefore become a, a stronger individual American or, or human and someone who can then better contribute to society as a whole. Um, you know, it all starts with the individual. So to me, being able to make a living doing what I love, I feel like, okay, um, as much as I'd love to just, you know, uh, play songs and smoke weed all day and float around in a bubble it's like i want to use that influence to to help others uh be, you know who d- who don't have that gift or don't have that opportunities that i've had and so so hemp to me is is like if i'm going to really fight for something that's that's one of those secret weapons to me that just, if we can solve that thing, then it, it eliminates a lot of other issues on, on the list of issues that we have in, in America and in the world. If we can, if we can liberate that crop, I'm not saying it's, it's the you know, someone told me recently, uh, there's no silver bullet to solve all the problems. It's silver buckshot, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's a lot of little things but in order to really be effective i think we have to pick something and, and focus on that and to me the hemp thing is like a big chunk of buckshot that can that can take out a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of uh whatever ducks or quail or Well,
1: yeah, and you're right. It's not it's not the silver bullet that's going to solve every single problem. But what it will do is it'll it'll give us options in the long run to solve some of those problems. Like, for instance, you know, people complain about the expense of of, um, renewable energy and fuel. Well, hello, hemp is is an affordable way to achieve that goal. And, you know, how about the brownfields that are contaminating groundwater? You know, hemp remediates brownfields. Yeah. You know, there, there are problems that can be solved with hemp, no doubt. And also, you know, eliminating the toxic pharmaceuticals that are killing children who have epilepsy and autism. You know, it's, it's, it's just phenomenal what that'll do. And hopefully over time, what, what it'll do is take away some of the power, some of the financial voting power. Um, from campaign finance contributions that have bought our our government in so many ways you know and so it it is a step in the right direction and it's and it's awesome and you know I wanted to say something else too about the um, the life of of art and I was so disappointed to hear that that funding is going to be cut again for National Endowment of the Arts and that arts programs <laughs> in schools keep getting cut deeper and deeper. So yeah. now, you know, it's all science and math. But the one wonderful thing about art is that it, it creates empathy and it's a therapeutic outlet. And, and when people aren't focused on computer games and, and maybe they don't have the nature that some are entitled to or, or able to have during their youth or what have you, art is an outlet that allows them to live vicariously with empathy. And, you yeah. know, and, and that's so related to this mission of yours and this mission of mine as well because I think that, you know, once we, once we can start opening our eyes to the truth of what's going on and solve one problem, make hemp legal, um, as it should be, just like corn, and and take away some of the poisons uh, that caused it to be legal in the first place, <laughs> I, I just think that we're going to create a more empathetic world. And, you know, the same goes yeah. too for marijuana um, legalization. I understand why some people think it's a moral issue um, about drugging children and that sort of thing. But, but they
3: drug their children all the time. All the
1: time, like, you know, with legal drugs. Tylenol kills yeah. people, you know? I mean, it, 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 it's, it's an arcane, ridiculous law that never should have happened, and it happened for political reasons. It happened to oppress you know, certain groups of our population. And I think yeah. that just by addressing this and talking about it and normalizing the conversation about it, that that in itself is also going to uh, create another path of empathy and um, certain ele- certainly elevate the consciousness of America in a lot of ways. Not to sound too esoteric about it, but yeah. oh yeah,
3: and and your show is great because, like you said, people who wouldn't normally get this information are hearing these things, and and knowledge is power. You know, yeah. when you're talking with your friends, and they're clearly clueless about you know what hemp is or marijuana is and and now you have the tools to say actually <laughs> I guess you didn't know this but you know blah 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 and that's that's something that you know having that knowledge you can then spread that knowledge and empower them yeah and you know it, it's just it's a it's a beautiful uh, Daisy chain of of people becoming aware of 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 the things that are available to them, the tools that we 've had for thousands of years and and then you know we all start to realize um, how how we 've been scammed mm-hmm. so heavily um, and and it, it it then you know ideally one starts to question. A lot of things about their daily rituals, about what what they're giving their money to, you know what they're supporting and why and it's, it goes back to the the idea that that you know uh, teaching creativity and funding the arts exercises your critical thinking muscles and and recognizing when something is total bullshit and, and even if it's legal or it's it's widely accepted or it's like being pushed uh, through advertising or, you know, uh, the school system or the culture. It, it, it's like taking a step back and being able to look at that from a bird's eye view and say, does this make sense or is this completely insane, yeah. you know? And I think the more people become aware of things like hemp and, and the you know, how we... Live in a country that has a for-profit prison system and a you know a a disease control industry masquerading as a healthcare. You 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 know the more we start to realize that it's all completely insane, and that's mm-hmm. that's like if that doesn't galvanize people to go, hold on a sec, we need to talk about this and do something about it. And, and 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 here here you go here's hemp this is like this is the topic this is the tool we have that can that can shed light and and eliminate this insanity and get us back to a a level playing field again maybe you know if we're lucky and we do it right we can we can ride this hemp <laughs> spaceship into the a future that is that is much less insane And just makes a lot more sense for everyone and gets back to the the original American idea, Mm -hmm. you know, the the value that the the country was founded upon in the first place. So I kudos to you for having a show like this. um, Thank you. and, And creating media like this that spreads this information to people who need it.
1: Yeah. I mean it, hemp is as american as apple pie and the declaration of independence I, yeah. I, I did a, I, I did a show on that topic on the 4th of July you know, it's like it's a it's our patriotic duty to legalize hemp and just to yeah. get back to to re-legalize, it. to relegalize it you know and and get back to what the founding fathers intended for this industry because it it was so important to them um, And all of them were hemp farmers. And, um, I mean, uh, there's evidence in George Washington's diaries that he actually medicated with regular old marijuana tea, (laughs) you know? Oh, yeah. And it it was just such a part of our culture for so long. And it's such a shame that so many lives have been destroyed because it's been illegal for so long.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's,
1: It's incredible, but... Uh, I could go on about this for hours, and it's been a great conversation. Well, it's
3: like I I like that we're at least not just preaching to the choir here. That's something that you know I often find is happening, and I you know I I, I appreciate that you're broadcasting to areas that that you know haven't really gotten on board with that.
1: Yeah. Thank you. And yeah, it, that's that was our whole intention, you know, and people thought we were nuts for taking it to conservative talk radio and I'm like, well, it's we'd be crazy well, not to. to
3: go. No, conservative, I, uh, conservatives love hemp. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of conservatives who are like, they, they realize that hemp is the most patriotic thing you could grow yeah. and to legalize it is like, you know, a big finger to the federal government and or the you know the, the powers that be that, well, the the powers know,
1: controlling the federal government the powers
3: exactly the powers controlling the federal government that, that that have it in their pocket and and uh you know to get back to the land and and um the roots of america you know uh without the slaves of course um but that's not you know like i know so many conservatives who who recognize um the the American patriotic values of, of hemp and the, the, the money there, you know, the, the incredible amount of economic gain that one could have from, from, from legalizing this crop, even in, in their own state. Um, yeah. and, and maybe it has to start on a state level for everyone and, until the feds finally go, Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. You know,
1: yeah, I don't know mm-hmm. what it'll
3: take, but it, it's it's not an overnight thing, um, but I I think you're right that the 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 red states or whatever you want to call it like those those folks need to hear this the most because a lot of a lot of those people don't realize that it's not a it's not just this kind of liberal hippie druggy thing it's it's like it's a really Um, it's a conservative...
1: Well, they have the most to gain. They have the most to gain. The the agricultural states have the most to gain, for sure. Um, Exactly. They're looking
3: for jobs. They're trying to to find something uh, that makes sense to them that is still sustainable. And it's in the direction that the the rest of the country is trying to go, Um, you know, moving away from fossil fuels and coal and these things that a lot of those states are... Funded by and, and so, yeah. so this is something that still maintains the agricultural roots of their region
1: absolutely, um, absolutely. but,
3: but it's been with, with the goals of, of the country at large
1: yeah so. something
3: that, that they all need to hear and, and recognize I think yeah. and, and take their lives and empower themselves with that I,
1: yeah I'm, I'm getting a signal from our producer that it's time to wrap it up um, I can't believe okay. this went by so quickly, and I'm I'm so grateful to you for sharing all you know. Okay. I mean, this is this is fantastic, and I'd love to um, bring you back on after you testify in Congress. Um, I'd love to hear how it goes, and I hope that you know you'll you'll send me an email or something and just let me know how it went. Um, I'll be yeah. looking for it in the news as well, but. Really, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you.
3: Michael Bowman, our, uh, our other board member, who, who was the former chair of the NHA, he, he, he will probably be the one actually there testifying.
1: And I'm going to try to be there if I'm not on tour. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, well, uh, I'll, I'll look, and then I'd love to have him on, I'll too. So, you,
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely give you his info. Um, I think he would be a perfect guy to have on your show because he actually came from conservative background a very rural conservative background and is the biggest champion for legalizing hemp that I know
1: yeah So. Um, and next week actually we're, we're talking to congressman James Comer who is one of the co-sponsors of that bill yeah. so that'll be an Great. interesting conversation too and talk about the you know the national efforts there but anyway so here we go um thank you again micah and it is time for us to say goodbye i would once again like to personally thank my guest micah nelson for sharing his insights and knowledge with us today and if you want to learn more about the national hemp association or the creative work that he's doing please visit us online at thecannabisreporter.com and click broadcast to find today's episode I will post his bio along with information and a link to his website. We have a lot of people to thank here today. First, I'd like to express our gratitude for our radio sponsors, HempMeds and Healthcara. We could not be doing this without you. I'd also like to thank Dr. Brian Donner for a Medical Marijuana Minute update. Eric Goodall, the composer of our theme song, Evergreen. Our producer, Ed, and the team here at Star Worldwide Networks for making us shine and our program director, Steve, at XRQK Radio Network and passionate certification centers for sharing our show. And last but not least, thanks to all of you for listening around the nation. Tune in again next week, same time, same place, for another episode of the Cannabis Reporter Radio Show. I'm your host, Snowden Bishop, and until we meet again, be safe, stay informed, share what you've learned, and make it a great day.
0: Evergreen is colour, evergreen is always where I be divine.
1: The blue's blue falling, and sheets made forever across the
0: great line. Are you getting enough C B D each day? Hemp Meds carries the most trusted CBD oil brands like Real Scientific Hemp Oil and Dixie Botanicals to make it easy to add cannabinoids like CBD to your diet. We hold all our hemp oil products to our rigorous triple lab tested standard to ensure that you and your family receive only the highest quality and most reliable CBD products. Hemp Meds is your trusted source for CBD. Visit hempmeds.com to get our premium CBD oil today. Use discount code CBD20 to get 20% off your first order. You're busy. Running around from work to kids to evening events, healthcare shouldn't be adding to your daily running around. Simplify your healthcare with Helterra. For only $15 per month per individual or $18 per month per family with up to nine kids, by the way, you can eliminate doctor office visits with 24 7 access to doctors via phone, video, or the mobile app. Not only do you get prescriptions filled over the phone, but save up to 85% on those prescriptions. This is a supplemental plan and not insurance. Healthcare made easy. Helterra.com.